Hey, welcome to Exposed Conferences Season 2. I'm your host, Christina Danielle. Thank you for tuning into the podcast where we are going to be exposing the current trends, challenges, and the future of conferences. As well, I'll be having candid conversations with industry experts that will elevate your events and help you create partnerships that expand beyond the calendar year. I'm really happy to have you listening today. I hope you benefit from today's episode as well as future episodes. On today's episode, I'm talking with Laurel Matthijs. Laurel grew up in Michigan in farm countries. She attended Hope College in Holland, Michigan, and worked in the events and conferences office scheduling summer program and weddings for school. After graduation, she moved to Greenville, South Carolina, and her time there worked as the event manager at the Greenville Marriott, handling social groups and many college sports teams. After almost three years at the property, she moved to New Orleans and began working at the New Orleans Marriott as an event manager her current role for the past two years. On this episode, she'll be sharing her knowledge and expertise of conference venues, specifically in working with large brand hotels, and will give us insight into what conference planners can do in preparation for their events, as well as tips and advice to capture the essence of the city they are in. Hi, Laurel. Thank you so much for taking the time to sit down with us today. Of course, it's my pleasure. I was recently in New Orleans, and I just thought you absolutely great in the execution and delivery of our event on site, but also in the preparation and planning. I know our meeting planner had been working with you for almost a year. And so I feel this is really just a great conversation to have because this is the opposite side of the spectrum where we're getting kind of an inside scoop on the venue side. So I really appreciate this. And I think it's going to be a fun chat today. Of course it will be. And thank you so much for your kind words. I appreciate it. So New Orleans is an amazing city to go to, and there's a lot of sites to see, things to do. What are some of the biggest questions that people have when they're looking at your venue? Yeah, I think a biggest uh, question from a lot of people with our location right here on the edge of the French Quarter and in the French Quarter is really what is there for people to do? And there's just so much. It's it's not a resort property that, you know, maybe the, the closest restaurant is a 20-minute drive. There's just so many options for attendees here in, in the city itself and at our property with our location. And so I think that is a question from planners. Just looking at the city, even in general, it is really where are their attendees going to go and what are they going to do? Because maybe they're coming from a year where they were at a resort property and their attendees hated it. It just really depends on the makeup of the attendee, but that's really an ask from a lot of people. Yeah, it always seems like the city is always bustling with something. When we were there, I know they had the big voodoo event going on, then Halloween was the yeah. following weekend, and then, you know, with Mardi Gras, it just seems like your city never slows down. So I guess, do you guys have a down season? And what is your advice to conference organizers who are looking at New Orleans specifically, or just a city that just is very busy when they are planning for their event and what advice they can give to you can give to them, but also that they can give to their attendees. Of course. First, our down season is in the summer, typically July and August after Essence Festival ends because it's so hot, honestly, and, and it's peak hurricane season, really. And so we, we see that as our slow time. So if you are a conference planner that's on a budget, summer is definitely the best time to come in because our space is open, our rooms are open. So as far as a better room rate, better food and beverage minimum, that's the best time for, for a city like New Orleans. Our busy times are really anywhere except July and August, specifically the spring when when the weather is nicer. But 
if you are looking at the busy seasons for your conference, or that's always when your conference falls, I think in a, in a city like ours that does always have something going on and is a big tourist center, the most important thing is to take a look at your room block and make sure you have the right amount of rooms contracted. And that's such a slippery slope, right? Because you don't want to over-contract and end up paying any extra attrition fees. Also ensuring that you have enough room for your attendees. So the, the best thing to do there is just to make sure you have a really accurate attendee count from past years, your room block history from past hotels, and see what the pickup has been like. And then knowing, too, that a city like New Orleans or a or a, a party city, city that folks really want to go to, knowing that you will probably see slightly higher attendance than past years because, you know, it, it's the conference is in a location that people actually want to attend as opposed to some city that's not as exciting. Maybe that can impact your attendee count. Yeah, that's a good point. I know that whenever we've gone to New Orleans for November, we definitely see an, a bump in the attendance. We were lucky because our attendee count was around a thousand or a little bit over 1200, probably. What would you say for somebody? All our meeting space was in the venue. We didn't really have anything off site. But as far as getting to and from property or getting around property, even with the amount of attendees, I'm kind of jumping ahead here about what is some advice you can give to uh, an organizer who's maybe thinking about flow and, and getting people around or making sure that they are getting kind of a lay of the land when they are coming to and from the airport or getting around the city. Of course. See, every conference that I've worked with so far has had a really solidly built website and, and so many attendees are technology based right now. So for the flow and the getting around and really the lay of the land, my advice is to throw as much information as you can on the website and ask that of your event manager as well, too. What's the best way to get to and from the airport? What's the best way to get folks acclimated to the city? Or what's the best way to get around the city? What's local? I know that myself, I have a list of local restaurants that I usually just send over to people. So they're prepared when their attendees ask for that, because the majority of the time attendees are on their own for at least one or two meals. And so providing that information in advance and, and making that public to everyone just helps them be ready for their arrival experience in the city and in the hotel itself, too. About how many events does your property handle in a year, would you say? So many. <laughs> I would have to say, and this is really just a, a ballpark, we do at least three big groups a week. And, and by big groups, I would say probably 200, 250 rooms on peak. So we're looking about 160 large groups a year. And then on top of that, of course, there's always a ton of smaller groups stacked around those large groups. So 300 at least. So the New Orleans Hotel recently had undergone some renovations. When we were there, our conference happened just after a huge renovation that was that was done there. And, um, and I know that was a conversation that we had prior to our arrival. And so when we when an organizer is planning for an event, what advice can you give to them? And what, how does the initial conversation go when you all are going through some sort of renovation or change in the hotel? And what can the, the planner expect either prior to or on site? And how can they 
relayed that to the attendees. Again, a little bit of a mouthful there, but just trying (laughs) to cover that entire base. I know that was something that we talked about pretty frequently up to up to show site. Absolutely. So we just underwent a lobby renovation and it opened a a few weeks before you arrived. And a lobby is one of the most impactful things that we can renovate, right? Because the lobby touches every single guest that comes into the hotel. And so that's that arrival experience that we always want to make sure is brilliant, but the sounds of hammers and saws and sometimes unsightly drywall ruins that for people. So as far as my job, just relaying those expectations, I know when we decided this is the start date for the lobby renovation, it was reaching out for every planner that was going to be affected by the lobby renovation, letting them know where we approximately were going to be at that time while they were here. And and we were pretty fortunate because there wasn't a ton of jackhammering going on with our lobby renovation. So the main thing for any meeting planner, right, where we're trying to have successful meetings is noise and outside noise. And any jackhammering or drilling just destroys that. So we were very fortunate that it was pretty quiet, but just trying to be as open and honest with planners as we can be so they know what to expect because you never want it to be a surprise when they get on property. And and as far as preparing their attendees and even relaying that to their attendees, Okay, just a, a quick blurb to let them know, because we want to make everyone's experience amazing with us, right? Because services are our number one, and just letting them know that maybe our, our lobby won't be the prettiest, but our people are definitely going to make up for it. And I think that's such a huge thing that's driven from the top down here on our property, especially with the lobby, right, is just making sure that we are taking care of guests that complain or that are unhappy with their experience, just making, trying to make sure that everyone has a great experience with us, including our meeting attendees. Yeah, absolutely. And I thought you guys did such a good job, again, you know, kind of relaying that information to us prior to our event. And then, of course, because we were going to be there right after the renovations were taking place in the lobby, that you guys were just on top of it the entire time. So huge shout out to to you all for that. And in the same vein, depending on what time of year it is and, and going back to uh, the venues sometimes being very busy, depending on what time of year you're coming in, sometimes meetings overlap with one another. You know, you might come at our event, I think didn't have anybody else in house because I think we pretty much took over the entire space. Mm -hmm. But there are times where, you know, meetings do run back to back or there's multiple meetings going on at the same time. And so what would you suggest or what's the best way that somebody can prepare for something like that as far as, you know, making sure that they have a successful event experience when there are other events going on at the same time as their own? I think that the best way to utilize that is through a lot of signage. People get lost, especially in a hotel of our size. And I think that the way that that you all did signage was the best that I've ever seen. We did a ton of wall clings because when you have that many people too, the hallways get crowded and and meter boards are a big go-to, but they just, they take up that extra, you know, two feet of space that you really need for more people. So I feel that directional signage is always important. You know, do people read them? Sometimes, sometimes not. (laughs) Um, But I think that wall clings are a great way to go and just 
really kind of overloading the space with any signage that you can to help attendees and especially to differentiate this meeting from that meeting. And, and thankfully, by the second, third day, folks tend to know where they're going. Um, I think another thing that can really help with that is trying to contract the same space for every day. Sometimes it's difficult to do that based on the hotel's availability, but I think that's something that really helps attendees figure out where they're going as well if they get to go to the same place every day. Yeah, that's a great point. And your comment about the signage too. I mean, your hotel was lucky in that we were able to put up those nice welcomings, which was awesome because I think that was the first time that we've done that in a hotel. We've done that in convention centers, Mm -hmm. but again, just very fortunate. And, you know, I keep going back to, I think it's the hotel, you know, itself. I know a lot of other hotels are moving in this direction as well. But with the app, I think, you know, they Marion has the Red Coat app, which you can basically, as a meeting planner, you're given access to, to send out notifications or requests to and from the event uh, planner on site from the hotel to the meeting planner in charge of the event. And I just think that's just such a huge asset for both parties in the sense of we were able to, you know, request temperature changes, extra tables and chairs. And, you know, not to say that that's the only way to go, but I do think it's a huge benefit to an event organizer when you were able to just quickly request something without constantly having to, you know, say, hey, Laurel, hey, Laurel, and trying to and trying to hunt you down. You know? That was so. going to be my comment because we as event managers also love the app. At a property like ours, we have red coats, really kind of our gophers that, that we call for anything and everything. So I always try to push people towards the app. Because if you call me, I'm just going to call them anyway. So I'm like, just cut out the middleman, use mm-hmm. the app. You can sit right in your meeting and request anything you need. It is. It's, it's very simple. And we're, we're fortunate to have a platform like that, that people can become familiar with at, at one Marriott property and then transfer that over to our property and know exactly what they're doing and how to navigate it and know that that's really the fastest way to get whatever they need. Yeah, absolutely. So what are some of the most common requests? That you all get. Meeting room temperature. Too cold. That's yes. number one. Number oh, one. It's so cold all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and it's such a difficult one to mitigate. It, it's 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 been a complaint, I feel, at, at both of my properties I've been at. You know, it's it's tough because you, you need to keep a room cool for a thousand people to be in. And you also have the AC pump in because it's August and it's 100 degrees outside, right? So I've started reaching out to planners in advance and asking them, just a reminder, you know, meeting room temperatures can fluctuate, advise attendees to wear multiple layers so they're prepared. And that's kind of helped mitigate a little, but it's... It's one of those things that you can't please everyone. You have people that run hot and you have people that run cold. So yeah, we've yet to yeah. figure out a permanent solution. You're absolutely right. But yeah, I feel like every time I go somewhere, I'm like, just take your scarf for your, you know, <laughs> just, yeah, that's a tough one. What other kinds of things are you seeing people, are, is there anything new that people are asking where they weren't asking for it before? And, and so on your, your end as uh, on the hotel side, is there a request that people are meeting planners are now asking for on a frequent basis that you're kind of 
putting into your daily event practices. Of course. I think there's two things that really jump to mind. The first is gender neutral bathrooms. We're seeing that request a lot, especially with groups that that are more inclusive or even some government-based groups, gender neutral bathrooms always. We hear that a lot. And then also things are just becoming more technologically advanced, I feel. And so that relies more on our in-house AV partner, but just seeing these these huge requests for we're going to have you know these touchscreen poster sessions where folks can attend type of deal that just rely on our internet so much more. So I would say those two things are, are really kind of what we're seeing the uptick in, just just staying current with the trends, honestly. You touched on in-house vendors. What about outside vendors? So when, when meeting planners are bringing in outside vendors, I guess any advice for how to work with them and as far as how we can make it easier for both the hotel and the vendor that we're bringing in? Of course. My advice is to put your vendor in touch with the hotel as soon as possible, because from there, I can take it away. A huge thing for us located in the city is our our loading dock. And so we need to coordinate their load-in times and then a certificate of insurance as well. And just making sure we have everything they need, because sometimes the meeting planner on the meeting end doesn't know that the AV guy also needs, you know, six tech tables spread around the room. So it sometimes it, it works to just communicate directly with them to ensure we have everything they need. So that's fewer requests on property and also so they can be more prepared when they arrive as well. Okay, so I have to ask. So New Orleans is just, again, just so fun. There's a, It's very vibrant. There's a lot to do there. Do you find that planners have a hard time keeping their attendees on property after, you know, certain times of the day? Let's say five o'clock rolls around, they want to have a cocktail reception or a networking break. What is your suggestion for them as far as like keeping people on site and on property? I know that when we were there, you know, we did a lot of cool things that hopefully you can speak to as well. But we did like the beignet pop up and we did the... Mm -hmm the line to the exhibit. And those were such fun events, but I am sure other planners had the same kind of concerns. It's like, how can we do things to bring the city of New Orleans into the property so that we can keep them, you know, keep them for the event, but then of course, um, let the attendees go out and have a good time as well. Of course. Yeah, that is definitely a challenge. I would say everyone experiences when they're here, especially when an attendee has already spent all day in the hotel in meetings at night. They just want to go and experience the city, especially if they've never been here before. But my recommendation is definitely the unique things like you did, uh, things of bringing the city inside. A second line band is one of the most fun experiences I think a group can offer. So that essentially is a about a six piece brass band that's brought in and they play uh, just brass music. A lot of times, like you said, I have them for expo halls. I just had a large expo hall that did it to parade people from the general session and you, you follow behind the bands and they lead you up into the expo hall. And then the band just kind of played around the expo hall and, and people were coming and dancing with the band members. So something like that, that just brings such a, a fun factor into the meeting. And it's one of those things that attendees, they always pull their phone out to record that is what you want. You want attendees to pull out their phone and take pictures of everything, the food, 
the entertainment because that's how you know they're having a great time and like this is awesome and I want to remember this. Yeah, I was gonna say your your catering department did such a great job with that because again, even the food that you guys had on site again, we had the beignet pop up the one day with one of our sponsors. That it's just another unique add to the conference that in any city you can come up with something that lends itself to the experience and to the environment of the event. So just kind of those little key touches, I guess. Exactly. And and catering is a great way to do that. Selecting food items that let attendees experience the food of the city. Like, yes, at the end of the day, it may be hotel food, but it's still delicious. And like beignets, red beans and rice, huge things here in New Orleans that attendees get to experience here and stay with your conference rather than going out and purchasing that at a local restaurant. Very cool. What is an out-of-the-box idea maybe that you've seen that you think somebody, and it can be like signage, it can be anything that you've seen in your venue that you think other planners might consider incorporating into their own events? I had recently some really cool vendors come in for a reception that was a full-blown New Orleans-themed reception, but they actually had a cigar roller and someone rolling cigars, and they had the society had pre-purchased a bunch of cigars to give out as well. And I had never had a cigar roller in a function before, and I just thought that was really different, and it, it appeals to your male crowd um, and that was just, just totally different and a cool experience. And it made the room smell good. <laughs> Obviously we just asked that they did not light up the cigar in the meeting space. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty cool. I've never seen that before. You know, when, when we're preparing to come to your venue or looking at a venue space, our team is equipped with a handful of questions that we're prepared to ask. What would you suggest a conference planner does to prepare ahead of their visit to the venue? Ahead of the visit, I highly recommend having any sort of agenda formed, even if it's a very rough outline, just so we can be sure that we have the proper space held. And while we're looking at space, if we need to explore adding space, because in a hotel that can be as busy as ours, sometimes finding the additional space needed can be tricky. And then we have to get creative with the space that you already have. So I think that's a the huge factor for folks to look at is just to be sure that the space they have, A, they can fit in, and B, if they can't, what can we do to make it work, whether that's adding space or figuring out what we currently have. What are some of the most common questions that you get asked when somebody is looking at your property? I would say that... Honestly, a a question that is very common is if we're a union property, because that does severely affect your abilities to reset a room or or do certain things that pop up certain items. And that's really a question that we see a lot. And that's becoming more and more in the trend lately for hotels. And obviously we see the strikes happening. So it's something that can severely impact your program. So that's a question that I think a lot of people have become concerned with. And and we see it now in contracts sometimes as well. What's something that people aren't asking that you wish they would ask before they got on site? For me, it's forgetting to share and 
I've been working on that myself to being sure that I ask all the right questions, right? So just over communicating everything possible in your specs and your correspondence and just ensuring things are, are shared that will impact the hotel, whether it's big or small. Yeah, because I know things get added, you know, all the time, whether it's room set change or an AV change or, yeah, there's constant changes. So absolutely, I think it's important just to be communicating with your event organizer. What's one of your most memorable experiences or what's something that you just love about working in the industry? I love is seeing everything come together at the end of the day. It's something uh, uh, like in your case, you know, we worked on that program. It felt like since the day I started at this hotel that we we had site visits. We worked long and hard on that and just seeing it come together and and be successful is it's honestly really rewarding and I work very hard and it's good to be recognized and to see that everything's coming together and and having the experience of working with amazing planners that can help you be successful. That's, that's the best part for me. I mean, there's so much to cover from the hotel side. And so I want to just make sure that I've covered everything. Is there anything else that you feel that you would like for a conference organizer to know or be aware of? But my big thing is this is what I primarily deal with is the planning phase. And as I mentioned before, just overshare and overcommunicate. We on the hotel side, we can ask all the right questions and try to be as prepared as possible, but it's just oversharing and overcommunicating and being specific about everything that you need. Because unfortunately, we, we aren't mind readers as much as I wished that would make our jobs easier, but that's that's a really big thing, and I and I feel that lately, almost the quality of planning and organizing has fallen away, and just really being aware that the more information you give, the more successful we can be together. Absolutely, absolutely. I think over communicating, over sharing, even if you think you've shared it, share it again. I think that's exactly cute. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome tip. And I truly appreciate your advice. It's just been great reconnecting with you and hopefully we'll be out to New Orleans anytime soon. (laughs) That sounds like a plan. Thanks, Laurel. Of course. Thank you for listening to Exposed. Tune in every Tuesday to hear a new episode and join in on the conversation at ExposedConferencesPodcast.BuzzRoute.com. Thank you.